Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legend, the slightly deflated Mr. Paul Levy. Very deflated. Thank you very much indeed. It's now official. We are relegated from the Football League after 112 years of ups and downs as a professional football club. Uh, perhaps a precursor to this to this podcast. Please don't expect this to have the usual dosage of positivity because we are making this week's podcast with quite broken hearts here. Um, we have the most comprehensive roundup of Orient news and views that you will find anywhere in the world. So I think it's probably best that we just crack on with the week that was and our first update this week from the Supporters Club. Yep, so just the one trip to tell you about Blackpool, Saturday the 6th of May. So for those booked on the coach, the coaches depart at half 10 um, for a 5.30 kickoff. So two coaches are full already, but names are being taken for a third coach in case demand uh, precedes it. So you can book at the Supporters Club before the Colchester game on Saturday or by calling the travel line on 07722-135-970. That's the final away game of the season and the final league game for Leighton Orient for at least one year. So if you're not doing anything for two weeks, get yourself down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, no trust update this week, so we'll bring you a a fuller update next week, all being well. But there is um, an update for you for the Orient Outlook auction. Um, congratulations to Robin Saunders who won the 2007-2008 frame signed shirt for £250 so fantastic uh, winning bid there we've still got the following items that are up for auction that we're going to end some on Monday some on Tuesday and I think one or two on Wednesday Uh, we've got the signed worn Scott Cuthbert shirt he got in touch with us and and offered us the shirt he wore on his debut yeah that was a way to Walsall and Hopefully that will go for more than what it's currently at because that, that deserves to go for a bit more. It's only one seven five. A one seven five. Yeah. Okay. Um, the signed fourteen fifteen home shirt. Um, the signed Arsenal legend shirt. Now that's only a hundred and five quid. I'm really surprised. Should go for more. We'll go for more. That should go for. A, uh, Double, triple, quadruple that, really, I think, especially after they got into the yeah. FA Cup Good semi-final point. today. Uh, we also have a slightly um, lesser-known piece of uh, fantastic memorabilia, which is the Centenary Orient plaque. So, uh, in 1981, yes. when Orient uh, were 100 years old, uh, 150 of these plaques were made. No, 500. And it's oh, a, sorry, It's 500. number 137, and it was kindly donated by David Sears. Yeah. And that's currently on 150. I think 175 so you know that is a piece of historic Orient memorabilia only 500 ever made and made in 1981 also got the Somme board uh, which is an art piece with the Somme badge at the front and a bit of detail on the back which was kindly donated by Melvin Chambers and Sinead Reynolds and that's currently at £125 and to finish off we've got a painting donated by artist Terry Large a local artist of Brisbane Road pre-1998 and that's currently at a staggering £200. So some fantastic donations there because they are all donated by fellow fans, those yeah. prizes. So it's fantastic. And, you know, we've got at least another two weeks left to auction bits and pieces and got more stuff coming this week, again, from fans who've donated stuff to us. <coughs> yep, absolutely. So you can email us any bids you like at orinoutlook at outlook.com. Uh, so far, we have raised a grand total, a staggering grand total of... 
180 great British pounds. So well done well, to everybody. Cool. Yeah. Um, we haven't handed that money over to the trust yet. It um, is sat in one of my bank accounts, not that I've got loads, but it's sat in a bank account and we're going to present them with one hopefully fat yes, check Absolutely. Uh, once we've auctioned everything off. So moving on into the week that was another crazy week as you are to find out. So Tuesday, 18th of April, George Session spoke to Omar Risa about the Hartlepool match and explained a few tactical decisions by Omar who said, Hartlepool did get on top of us at the start of the second half and we needed to make some changes. <coughs> we went to a back three and we pushed another man in there to show it us up a bit and it worked because they had to try and solve that problem. Our boys are confident on the ball anyway and that is why I will give them the licence to play and if we make mistakes, we will deal with it. I want to make sure we have support around the ball to make sure we're covering each other and working hard and as long as we do those things, the rest will come. So that was Omer explaining his decision about his tactics against Hartlepool. I quite like that from Omer. Wants the players to express themselves, get forward and go for it, gung-ho, I like it. I like the fact that he also adapts in the game. Yep. It's something that other managers have done successfully and other managers less successfully. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that's brilliant. Good. Uh, also on Tuesday the 18th of April, uh, Frankie Bish's funeral took place at the City of London Cemetery. There were lots of those fans in attendance to pay their respects to Frankie as well as former players Paul Heald, Paul Hyde and ooh, Terry ooh, Howard. Terry Howard yeah. uh, staff from the club also attended the ceremony, including Omar Ritza, to pay their respects. Oh, okay. Fine, nice one. So moving on into Wednesday, the 19th of April. In the late afternoon, staff at the club issued a statement <coughs> appealing to the club's directors to communicate regarding the current situation and to provide the staff with an update regarding their pay. Yeah. I mean, this statement then blew up on social media with many journalists, sports sites football fans and many more accounts reporting on the statement. So you've got a lot of publicity. Um, our Twitter definitely blew up on the back yeah. of it. Uh, and as well as the statement, former sports massage therapist Neil Barron tweeted, I asked for travel expenses so I could at least get in to help and it was rejected. So they are getting someone else in to do my job. Hashtag end the seven years. It just goes to show the madness of the current management at the club still refusing to pay the hard-working staff and not giving out any expenses when people need to travel in. But they're going to get someone else, pay someone else to come in and, well, they're obviously not going to pay someone well, else to come in because whoever comes in to do it isn't going to get paid, are they? Well, you would think so. I mean, it's just a, a complete nightmare. I mean, your views on that one? Yeah, um, really tragic, but unfortunately it's to be expected now. A real, real shambolic way to treat people. Um, it really doesn't make sense for Vito or Francesco to behave like this. So, you know, what is going on? Anyone coming in is, is really stupid to take a job here because they know they won't get paid unless yeah. they're doing cash in hand and they get it up front. Yeah, Otherwise, what's, yeah. But what's the point of upsetting someone who's already in the squad? Why not just pay absolutely. them? Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you absolutely more. Ri- it's absolutely ridiculous. So at this point, when I wrote this down, it was 19 days without pay. Uh, as a staff you know they remain dignified as ever the statement which you know is a bit too long to read and you've probably all read it anyway but it was a dignified statement very well written very well written wasn't aggressive or whatever no just tell us talk to us yeah that was really good I mean you know Bichetti's actions nothing short of disgraceful and the only positive I can take from this situation is no court in the land will give Bichetti control of the club on June the 12th at the next court hearing you know he's missed numerous payment uh, dates of when he says he's going to pay staff he's got more and more creditors coming forward and I just can't see any judge giving him control of the club on June the 12th when it goes back to court and even if he does pay 
put a million in, there's still going to be various examples of how bad he's run the club into the ground. So that's the only positive um, I can take out of that. So plenty of views on our social media accounts. We're just going to mention four or five that came into at Orient Outlook. So firstly from at Mike Wrist, who says, FB is the lowest of the low. Total scumbag with no regard to people's lives. He should be banned for life from owning any sports club. Yeah, at Burge B 87 said, shocking treatment. Football club staff should be helped by EFL at FA, along with players when crazy owners decide to ditch their play toy. I mean, I know of crazy owners, but I don't know of any who haven't been paying their staff. I know commentary and enchantments have been badly run, but I don't think there's any examples of them not paying their staff. Unless I'm wrong. Obviously, I don't understand no, I don't about the situations. No, I don't think so. At Lyndon Orient tweeted us and said, I'm so angry. Whatever the situation, employed staff should be getting paid. I feel really sorry for them and it is very hard for them. Yeah. <clears throat> At Mort Jig said, Surely this is against the law. If you can't pay your bills, the bailiffs come round. Why is this any different? Good point. I mean, that's got to be illegal. Yeah. It's got to be illegal. Well, he's no? broken a contract. He's broken lots of things. Yeah. And last tweet... Honest from at Bernard Veer, who says, I feel for all the staff, an admirably professional statement under extremely difficult circumstances. That's actually a great tweet. Great to, tweet. Uh, yeah. to end that on. So thanks for all your tweets on that one. Yep, moving on then. Loft put out a statement saying that they have organised a protest rally called Rally for the Orient, which is to take place pre-match on the last home game of this season versus Colchester. It's going to be held at the bandstand in Coronation Gardens at 1.30 on Saturday the 29th of April. Loft have organised the rally for fans to come together on that day and send a collective message of hope for the future. Yeah, big news there from Loft. Also, on Wednesday late, an MP and Loft external director, John Cryer, uh, no, sorry, will also be there to talk, this is at the rally, about his attempt to secure a parliamentary debate over the lack of football governance that has allowed the owners like Bichetti to remain in place. Also at the rally will be Councillor Chris Robbins, who's the leader of Waltham Forest Council. So it's good that you know the council are going to be there, yeah. local MPs. That's going to be well attended, and that's obviously this Saturday before the Colchester game. Yeah. So moving on then to Thursday, the twentieth of April, O's fan Sophie Hassel launched a GoFundMe page in a show of support for the hardworking staff at Leighton Orient who are yet to be paid and who are still waiting on payment for March, which is now, as we record wow. this, is now twenty three days late. Uh, the GoFundMe page uh, is currently just over four and a half thousand pounds on a fifteen thousand pound target. Well, initially so, it was five thousand, wasn't yeah. it? And because it launched, and I think it was at three thousand within twenty four hours. Yeah, the so, target's been up. But amazing work there from Sophie, and it just shows the tightness, you know, of this yeah. fan base. Don't and that's only three days. That's yeah, been up for, yeah, so, so it's amazing. Fantastic work, Sophie. Love Pretty to hear from you. And um, yeah, and you know, I guess that will get donated. I think the deadline for that GoFundMe is in about six days at the yeah, end of April so I presume that it would go over one payment and get distributed amongst the hard working staff at the club so fantastic yeah. work there Loft also announced on Thursday that their regeneration fund has now reached a whopping £140,000 which again is fantastic work so yeah. great work everyone you know Loft, Sophie and the Orient community and the, and the wider footballing community all coming together yeah. to raise as much money as what they can for the club and for the hard-working staff who have yet to be paid. So amazing work. It's about amazing 60% work. of the overall target, if my maths is any good. 
sixty percent of their what one forty or two fifty, yeah, yeah, give or, give or take, and there's still quite a lot to come in. Obviously, you know, got our donation. They're that includes at more match days. We're at Brentford v Blackburn, I think next Saturday. They're doing the loft match against the legends in two weeks. It, there's going to be more buckets that. So there's a lot more activity. And in May, planned from loft at yeah, Redbridge FC and Blackpool. So lots of things still to still to happen on that one. Yeah. So Friday the twenty first of April, the club released probably the shortest statement of all time, which reads as follows: The club can confirm they have terminated the contract of head of recruitment Roberto Gagliardi. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> It's and probably it. about 15 words too many, but... <laughs> that's it, I mean, you know, no thank you in there, nothing. See you later, Rob. Never to be spoken about on the Orient Outlook podcast. And that's it, Again. let's move on. Gone, gone. Good so, Ari Marisa spoke to George Sessions ahead of the crew match that was taking place the day after, and he said there were a few times where we caught Hartlepool 3-3-3, three, 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 oh, excuse me, or 4 versus 3, and we need to be a little bit better in that situation with our decision-making Again, we have to do more work and we have done stuff on getting the boys on the half turn and starting three balls in and they did that a lot so I can't ask for too much. So again, you know, I'm talking about what his game plan was and what they were looking to do in training. So again, he, he talks well, talks a lot of yeah. tactics and what he's trying to do so you can only admire him for that one. Exactly. On Saturday the 22nd of April, happy birthday to friend of the show, uh, George Sessions. So yeah. keep up your tremendous work reporting uh, on the Orient with all your tweets and interviews and stuff it is greatly appreciated yeah, we absolutely. use a lot of it here so thank you very much yeah brilliant and also the under 18s started the day by losing 4-1 away to Swindon so obviously the under 18s won their league I think they'd won it by December but obviously as most of them are now playing in the first, the first team, team. <laughs> you know it's desecrated the under 18s well I remember yeah. like speaking about the under 18s like three months ago and it was like Abrahams Adebayo Karoma Alzate when you're talking about scorers and now they're all like established first thing players it's mental it is mental it's mental so leading on to the first thing then yep crew away um, the team lined up with Sargent in goal Clark Pollock Parks and Semedo uh, were in defence with Collins Mezagay Ochang Alzate uh, across the midfield and Abrahams and Adebayejo um, up top with subs of Janata Jantz Kennedy, Moncur, Karoma, McCallum and Dolby. Yep, so there was no Liam Kelly as he was out due to a calf injury. So Teddy Mezegay then moved into midfield, centre mid, and as a result, Tom Parks back in uh, following his return. Was it suspension or was it injury? Uh, Tom Parks was suspended. Was suspended, so yeah. he came back from his suspension. So your views on that team, Mr Levy? I wrote this at half-time, so I probably shouldn't have done. I probably shouldn't yeah. have done that, but... My view, I mean, Teddy Mezegay shouldn't be in the first team, period, for me. You've got um, Freddie Moncur on the bench. I would have had Freddie Moncur in place doing a midfielder's job rather than a, de- a poor central defender doing a midfielder's job. That wouldn't have worked. So, for, But for me, now is the time really not to be tinkering about with things too much. Um, you know, we're, we're at the real sort of business end uh, of, the, of the season. Um, should have really replaced uh, yeah, Kelly with... with um, Moncur, not not Mezegay. Um Don't know what else to say about that. You know, you're at bare bones. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you for can't me, criticise too much, I guess. For me, that's a decent enough lineup. You know, that's the one that you would expect to see following the Hartlepool game. Shame about Kelly, but other than that, no surprises there. Got a good tweet in um, from at George Orient, who said not having Kelly is a huge loss. He's been the only one to organise these players on the pitch. So, tweets courtesy then of Colin and Charlie, the club's media team. George Sessions 
and Shona Duthie, who are the correspondents for the respective local newspapers. Uh, the match, the must-win match, kicked off with the Orient playing a 4-2-1-1-2 formation, uh, with Mezegate and Collins the midfield to Ocheng ahead of them, and Alzate playing behind Abrahams and Adebayejo. So just as a reminder, this was a must-win game, so we needed to win this game to have any chance of avoiding relegation and we needed Barnet to beat Hartlepool which otherwise they did. we were down which they did which they did they did their bit so they've done their bit else. so we'll tell you if we've done our bit or not so well, second minute <laughs> stop ruining it for everyone sorry. Mr. Levy. so sorry. second minute first chance for Crew. so Mada lost possession Crew came forward and Oliver Turton shot wide and that was really a, a spate of things to come in the 14th minute Collins went down but was adjudged as okay to continue even though he tweeted after the match saying he really should have come off because he had double vision, but he wanted to stay on to help the team. Did and he really? He tweeted after saying, I definitely should have come off because I shouldn't have played on. Yes, wow. He did. Fair play to Michael yeah. Collins then. Um, Dagnall, in the 18th minute, controlled a cross from Cook on his chest, but denied by a superb challenge from Tom Parks. More pressure, really, from Crew a minute later as Alzate blocked a shot on the edge of the area from Ainley. I mean, we were we both didn't we play, but we were both following it on, on play on, on yeah. Twitter, and it was just... Seems to be like this barrage of crew pressure. We can't really get any possession or get the ball. I think that's anywhere because of the formation by the sound. It doesn't sound like there's any wit, so it allowed them to come on to us. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at Guardian Orient tweeted in the nineteenth minute, saying it has been all crew at the moment. Mezegay has just tried an audacious back pass to Sergeant, and most Twitter accounts at the game, uh, and certainly George Sessions as well, seem to think that Mezegay back pass was absolutely insane. Yeah, what an idiot. And then, <laughs> following more pressure, unfortunately it was coming, in the 26th minute, Crew took the lead as Ainley side-footed past Sergeant. Um, poor goal, did you see that one? Yeah, they, they, this goal was a poor one. I think that was Mezegay not picking up his man uh, for that one. So, uh, I may be wrong, um, but there's so someone dis- switched off. So disappointing first 25 minutes, yeah. and we found ourselves a goal down. And if things went from bad to worse four minutes later, as the Crew had a corner... Corner's played into the box set piece. Ryan Wind- Wintle headed it at the back post and it was just to have gone off over the line. So headed it down, going into the net. Mezegay cleared it, but ball just go over the line and 2-0 down after 30 minutes. A lot of people who were at the game seemed to think the ball hadn't crossed the line. I mean, we've only seen it on TV, so we can't really I can't call comment, it. obviously. You're not having goal line technology, you're not having the best of camera angles, but 30 minutes gone in a must-win game, staying in the Football League. 2-0 down I think at that, that point you've already mentioned it but the formation didn't really seem to be working as working. you suggested yeah we'd had no no possession no shots and they were coming on to us and within half an hour we're 2-0 down yeah. it just shows you that, that that wasn't working we should have done the 3-4-3 that he did against Hartlepool disappointing um, so yeah not really for me it looked like there was a lot of gaps for crew to exploit uh, for, for, for me but in the 39th minute it nearly became 3-0 as Sam Sargent saved from Dagnall after Parks had tackled Ung yeah and in one minute stoppage time is added and then it's really his game over George Cooper scores from just outside the box to be fair that one was a decent finish into the bottom corner Good little shot there. Could have been closed down earlier. I guess you could argue... That was a goal that you wouldn't but debate goal. too much about. It was an alright goal. It could have been closed down earlier and blocked, but yeah, you see possibly. those goals. It, they're not as bad. It's not Of the three, that's that's the best one. Yes. yeah. yeah. But I you would, wouldn't be too unhappy. I with. would agree. And in that must-win game, 3-0 down as the half-time whistle half-time, goes. Yeah. And I think at that point, we everyone has accepted that we are leaving we are down. Yeah. the football league and disappointing you know, after that great Hartlepool result, 
after everyone had G'd themselves up, you know, expected more of a fight and didn't really threaten their half at all. There was no highlights of us causing them any problems and very disappointing as we seem to be going out of the Football League with a whimper. So tennis yeah. announced at 3,745 with 407 Orient fans making the journey. An amazing turnout there. I've got to say that's, that's a superb turnout. Tremendous. That really is tremendous, but that's the last time we were going to crew for a little while, so you can see why people wanted to go. Well, there's always positives as well, you know, last time going to crew for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> second half started with a double substitution as Paul McCallum and Josh Caroma came on for Teddy Mezegay and Michael Collins. Oh, so Collins did come off at half-time, yeah. so maybe he could have come off earlier. And in, in terms of Mezegay, it just popped into my head now, is on a three-year contract. Yes, he is. So he's got another two years unless he gets a payoff. And this has got a relegation clause, but I can't. I can't imagine too many clubs would be after him. But, no, you know, he, no. So we lumbered with him in non-league. <laughs> Mind you, we might find his level in non-league. Um, to be fair, Mezaga, he was all right against Hartlepool. He, he was. He was all right against Hartlepool. He, we've said it before. He's all right against the physical, big, yeah, yeah. static type strikers. He's he's strong, yeah. Mezaga. Um, Tom Parks became uh, captain, and then the formation changed to a three-four-three with Semedo and Karoma on the wings and. You know, Quite frankly, why we didn't start like this when we're trying something funky and new out, I, I don't know. Good point. You, you know, in these situations, whether you're winning or whether you're losing, you need to work with what you've got and you need to play in formations that they're comfortable. The players are comfortable with. Three four three seems to work quite well for us. We definitely got with the Coromas and, and and the Abrahams and that and 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 Adebayejo's up front. You know, it seems to work quite well. So yeah. I don't understand why you'd start tinkering around with. For my, like, I guess the most disappointing aspect for me in that half dinner, I guess, was after the great attacking display against Hartlepool, where Abraham and Adebayejo looked very lively, not having a shot on target uh, or shot at all. I'd say very disappointing. So second yeah. half kicked off. More crew pressure in the first 10 minutes. Um, a, f- a few crew attacks. And in the 58th minute, Dagnall found Cooper, who had a tame shot easily saved by Sargent. And Dagnall followed it up two minutes later and Sargent made another save. So again, you know, at this point, it's all still crew. First half, first hour of the game, it's yeah. all crew. I haven't told you about one opportunity that we've had, you no. know. 74 minutes, San Dolby replaced Victor by Adebayejo. Yeah. And both sets of fans were singing Stand Up nice for touch. the Orient. So nice touch. thank you to crew. For, I know you don't, none of you listen, but thank you anyway. Yeah, no, really good. Really good to see there. 80th minute, first shot of the day as Abraham's blasts high. And wide. I think you had a point about yeah, that. In the 80th minute, we're now talking about the first shot that we've got away. It's really not not acceptable, not good enough no. from that part. I know that might sound harsh, but you know when you're about to get relegated and your life depends on it, you're having a shot in the 80th minute, and it's what high and and it's high and wide. So 85th minute, Cook has an effort saved, and then Cooper goes Parks and Samedo cuts inside, curls a shot. Which hit the post. I mean, that just would have been the icing on the uh, proverbial cake yeah. there, so to say. <laughs> In the 90th minute, Alzate had a shot which is held by their keeper, which is our first shot on target, taking us an hour and a oh, half right, okay. to have our first shot yeah. that's actually on target. And then, I mean, I don't think I'd be saying this, considering the podcast started less than three years ago when we were a League One club. So two minutes of time were added, and the full-time whistle goes, confirming Orient's relegation to non-League football and ending our 112 years of being a club in the football league I mean that silence the silence is. there is absolutely astounding in my kitchen as we record this podcast yeah you know crazy and I guess probably saying it out loud like that's probably just at home more than what it had done yesterday 
which is just mental. We're not a football league club after the 6th of May. So, Omar Ritza spoke after the game, said, Not being paid has affected everybody at the club, and there is no doubt about that. It's a disappointing time. Some people deal with it in different ways, and it has unsettled everyone, and people can't focus on their jobs properly. Yeah, he followed that up by saying it has been tough, and it has been a big factor, but the whole season has been a... But it's been a fact that the whole season and the boys have still gone out there and put in some good performances recently. The young lads have showed they can play. And today, if we are looking at the football, we didn't do enough things right to get a result. So again, brutally honest there. And all we can do is respect that for a moment. It's been thrown in at the deep end. He probably never saw this coming. Yeah. You know, that he would be the Orient manager this, yeah. three or four months ago. It's just the way it's worked out. So you can only kind of hold your hands up to him. And say fair play, Don't yeah. Best. Uh, him, Danny, Andy, they're all done yeah. jobs in very, very unusual and difficult circumstances. And yeah. then on the train home, Shona from The Guardian spoke to Vito, but he refused to comment on when uh, he was asked about when the staff would be paid. And, and you know, to be quite honest, Vito doesn't know because Vito is just the chief messenger. Oh, what did you call him? The CMB, the chief CMB. messenger boy. Chief so messenger boy. Vito, Vito. Because that's all he is, is he's just Bichetti's. Message. He passes messages to the staff from Bichetti and, and to Bichetti from the staff. That's all he does. There is nothing chief operative about him. He's just a messenger. So yeah. that's that's why, unfortunately, Shona wasn't going to get anything more off him. Yeah, cool. So league tabled in. So that defeat means we are relegated and we will finish this season as the 92nd club in the Football League, bottom of League 2. Um Nothing more to say really about the league table because no, it's irrelevant now what anymore. Newport and Hartlepool do. Although Newport won and they are now out of the bottom two, yeah. which is an incredible achievement by them considering when we beat them 4 0, we were six points ahead of them and we all thought they were gone. And look at them now. They yeah. sacked the manager, Wesley, after our game. Because he's rubbish. Appointed a new guy and since then they've gone on an incredible run and it looks like Hartlepool will come down with us. To be fair, I'd prefer Newport because Newport aren't the biggest, big, as a, big of a club than Hartlepool and I think it'd be easier to finish above Newport next season in the conference than what it would be against Hartlepool but you've got to say fair play to Newport um, on that yeah point. no fair shame it's them and not us yeah really so um, your views then yesterday Mr yeah Lee? finally it's confirmed we're officially relegated now losing to crew isn't how I envisaged us losing our league status though Omer made a big mistake tinkering with the formation to one that really didn't suit the team and given how poor Mezegay has been why was he selected over Moncur? Colchester and Blackpool are now just a formality for us. Not sorry to see the back of this season. It's been absolutely draining. So, good riddance. I bet the Vanarama teams are looking forward to us coming down as their attendances will swell and they'll get some decent match day revenue. Yeah, for me, I mean, that's it. You know, relegation confirmed with two games left after all our pre season hopes of promotion have been dashed. You know, pre season, we were sitting going, you know, we're going to cane it. Liam Kelly, Tom Parks, Callum Kennedy. The list, you know, Erico, who at that point was a foreign defender coming in, we were yeah, also weird. We were also Massey. hopeful of the season. Uh, Bowery, Massey, you know, and a great tweet someone put out. It said it was just it was Richard Keys actually. Just one thousand and twenty days since our Wembley playoff final, and now we are conference. Can't really talk too much about the match. Never sounded like a contest. Poor goals to concede again. Three 0 down at half time. Game over. But you know, now we can move on. Hopefully, the important factor now will be resolved and that is to get FB out of the club and crack on in the conference and get out there at the first chance after this season hopefully get new ownership have a new starting time for next season 
And again, I've already mentioned it on the podcast, but the only positive I can take is that on June the 12th, when it comes to court day, no judge in their right mind will give or should give Bichetti control of the club coming out of June the 12th. So 50 days and counting. Yeah, I mean, that million quid that he said he was going to invest, where's that? Well, should we ask him? Should we? Well, okay, so to bring you up to speed, and we haven't announced this on any of our social media yet, we believe we have a number for Francesco Bichetti, and we are going to call it live on this podcast as we speak. So you're going to hear a phone ring. It might answer, it might not answer. If it doesn't answer, then it doesn't answer. But this is a real first because we don't know if, if the phone will be answered and if it is answered, what type of response we get. So if there's some adult language in this, we apologise up front. Um, we don't expect it to answer, to be honest. If he answers, we're just going to say, is Francesco there? And it's your Outlook podcast. Yeah. Can you give us a comment on the situation later on? And then we're going to take it from there. I presume no one's going to answer, but we're going to do this live uh, on right, the podcast. Right, here we go. Let's call it. The speaker? This might work, this might not work, so just bear with us. This is the Vodafone uh, voicemail service for... Uh, right, right, so there you go, that didn't work. <laughs> all the hype and all the build-up and his phone switched off. Straight so, to the voicemail. We will try that again at some point on a future podcast, although disappointing to go straight to voicemail. Voicemail, yeah, okay. I won't lie, I was actually a bit nervous about that call as to what sort of reaction we might get. You never know what's going to happen, do you? No, you just don't, and that's, that's half the problem. But we, we, maybe we'll try that in a little while. Maybe he was just on the phone. So um, we promised you a couple of guests on the show this week, and we are delighted uh, making his debut on the Orient Outlet <laughs> podcast is former Leighton Orient groundsman Joe Newton. Joe, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. How are you? Yeah, we're all good, uh, considering um, the situation. <laughs> Give us your thoughts, mate. What's go- what, what are you thinking? Uh, what can I say? I'm just absolutely gutted. I just never wanted this day to come. Never, ever. I'm just, I cannot even put it into words. I'm gutted, upset. I can say other words, but I won't. But <laughs> it's a family show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you, you messaged us saying that you'd like to uh, to come on. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to, to say or, or discuss? Um, just more like, i say about the race Shetty, of course, and just my time there, really. My time there was, I cannot even describe how, how I loved it there at Orient. Just started there when I was 18, um, asking different people what I want to do at the club, and came up to the groundsman. Um, started there with Colin James, who's, who I can say is an absolute hero at the club. And um, he welcomed me so much. Same with Aidan Martin, Matt Bowden, who's been there for about 25 years. Um, and then I studied my way into the groundsman industry with um, Colin. I went to Riddle College in Essex and um, from there I got my qualification and without Colin and everyone at the club, they got me the qualification. I thought, hang on here, this is a club where I love and I actually had a soft spot for and I thought, oh, I want to be here for the rest of my life here now. Like, the likes of Ada, the likes of Matt, Lindsay, all of them. And then it all came down to what's gone on really with the Bichetti regime and I've never seen a club 
club being so run down in my life, you know? And it, it's just broken my heart. Like, the, the, the things what Bichetti's done is just outrageous. Like, just, I cannot even describe how angry I am right now with what's happened. Just, I cannot even get what goes on in his head. It's not what a normal person thinks in this world, you know? And my anger is just, I can't even describe it, lads, honestly. So obviously you worked you worked at the club, so what was your first inkling when Bichette had taken over? What were the first kind of insights that you had that you thought maybe this guy isn't what he was supposed well, to be? Well, when he first came in, I was like, well, someone with a lot of money, yeah. someone, who has a, someone who's got a lot of passion, and that, and then it's just the peculiar him and well the first mistake he made was getting Matt Porter away that was the big first mistake he'd done and also Slade I agree yeah we didn't start we didn't start off as well with Slade in that season but a bit of time and patience will do you know with other managers in elsewhere they all got time and respect for their managers and everything and then that happened and then going on and on more we got relegated that season and you're thinking well there's something going on and we even when I started out with the interview they're like oh the Italians this and the Italians that and it was already negative I say about in the first four months so yeah really lost for words with what's happened um, to us as a, as, as a club and, and, and the absolute demise of this of of such a, a proud a proud club, what do you think needs to happen next? Other than obviously Bichetti selling uh, to selling up, what 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 needs to happen? Because obviously you've worked inside the ground, so you you know a little bit probably more yeah. than most. So without breaking one's confidence or anything, what what in your opinion needs to happen next? What needs to happen next? be able to answer that really because that's down to everyone at the club for what they need to do because of course it's their livelihood and I, I, I can't really answer that because it's their livelihood and because I'm not there anymore mm. I can't I can't really like comment on that it's for like people at the club to do what they need to do now to get people out and we need to get Pichetti out. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping someone to take over soon as really. Yeah. It's either, either, either Lost or someone to come in because I think Lost, we, when we went to the meeting of Lost, I thought their ideas were magnificent. I thought that Adam, what's his, I can't remember his second name. Yeah. yeah, I thought that man, oh, he's such a clever man, I thought, in my view. And, uh, and with these ideas and the such as like of Matt Roper and everyone else with people who know the stuff I think we could go forward with either Lost or someone who's actually got a brain cell and actually buy the club yeah so yeah it's got to come back into hands that actually want the club to do well and, and preferably yeah. a fan but not necessarily yeah yeah like with, if someone uh, well, the rumours of if it was Dunkin Donuts I'd, I'd Travis is an orange supporter. Mm. So someone like that who could come in and actually 
get the club, well, who has a passion for the club and actually just say to like the manager who ever comes in, look, you can do the stuff. All I have to do is just invest the money. Yeah. That's all. But with the likes of Bichette, he wants to do everything because he ain't got nothing to do all day. He just looks at probably like legal documents all day, I've heard, at the training ground, just sitting there just looking at legal documents, trying to probably sue someone. He's, he's getting involved with team affairs. He's getting involved with the money side. He's getting involved with player stuff. He wants to do everything all himself. And that's what not a chairman does. A chairman's just there to invest the money and just say, yes, if that's the right position to go forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Not to just get involved in everything else, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, Mr. Bichette doesn't seem to be your average uh, chairman, shall we say. <laughs> no, he isn't. Yeah. Joe, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Good luck at Fulham, uh, where you're now yeah, moving on you. to. Yeah, um, And yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch and... Um, Hopefully, maybe see you back at Orient one day, trimming the lawn well, and, and, and giving yeah, us a great playing surface. Yeah, I really hope so, mate. I really hope so one day. Thank you. Pleasure, Joe. Cheers, Joe. All the best, pal. Take Thank care. You. Thank you. Right, so that was ex-groundsman Joe Norton. Uh, Joe Newton. Newton, sorry. Joe Norton. Joe Newton speaking about current um, situation at Orient and just kind of saying what we all feel about how disappointed um, we all are at this current point in time with the situation. So good to speak there from Joe who is now at Fulham, Fulham Football yeah. Club. So next up uh, we have, and I'm just ringing him now, making sure he is there, is um, BBC London and Orient Players Voice, Mr Dave Victor. Dave, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Under the circumstances, I think. <laughs> yeah. To say they're not good circumstances, are they? No, they're, they're really not. What, what, what's your sort of views on, on, on everything, I guess, really, that's gone on? Well, I think it has to be sadness, really. I mean, first of all, let's talk about uh, what happened on Saturday. Um, you know, it, it, it was a poor performance. I think um, we have missed Liam Kelly. He's been such a, a notable absentee for so much of the campaign. You just have to look at the difference between results uh, before his injury in October, the performances and how much better they were when he turned against Yeovil and, of course, Plymouth. And then what happened after he pushed that... Uh, Although he was 17 uh, years of age, we saw how good he was at Luton and Hartlepool, where before the game I watched him have a very long fitness test. He was clearly 50-50. I wasn't surprised that he missed um, the trip to crew. Michael Collins has also been exceptional, but he played um, after having picked up uh, an eye injury very on in in that game, and he clearly was a shadow of his uh, self and could have done their homework uh, they didn't give our kids any time on the ball. Uh, they were quick to close them down, smothering our passing game. And they played deep at the back, so Tristan and Victor didn't have the chance to get behind them. Um, but our relegation wasn't about what happened on Saturday. It's about the decline of over uh, three years. Our precious football club being the victim of incompetence and arrogance, and that's a dangerous combination. I think uh, Fabio, uh, you know, uh, Francesco Pichetti, He's been consistent in some things. He's uh, been dreadful in communication. There's been an absence of strategy. He's interfered and prevented professional people from doing their job properly. He's backed and supported incompetence. And above all, he's treated very good people very badly. That is a fantastic summary there. That is a fantastic summary. So what, what needs to happen next, Dave? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I've 
never been involved in obviously buying or selling a football club, but if I was buying a football club, I'd want to know what league they were going to be in. So um, I'm not surprised that nothing has happened until things have um, sort of been settled in terms of what's happening on the pitch. My fear is that we um, drop out of the Football League and, um, you know, this um, very immature man who's, uh, you know, he's shown his immaturity. The TV programme was his priority in the first uh, season and it was dreadful in every aspect, a total failure. He respected former Italian internationals like uh, Milanese and Fabio Liberani and he seemed to be blind to their limitation, uh, limitations. Kicking Andy Hessenthaler was an embarrassment. Um, he couldn't help himself but interfere in first-team matters. It must have been impossible for the likes of Hendon, Nolan, Hessenthaler and uh, Edwards. I think Danny Webb needs uh, credit because I think he actually stood up to, uh, to him. Uh, player recruitment goes beyond incompetence and the interference of, and influence of uh, Rob Gagliotti in this season. Money wasted on those YouTube press. Uh, specials <laughs> very closely you know, um, and in all aspects in terms of what the club really um, means most is sort of respect trust and honour that's been destroyed but uh, you know um, that's you know we're a family club um, and it's important that we keep those values you know friendship is so important to we've recently as we know lost uh, Frankie Bish and I think you know he demonstrated why late night is uh, so special because he was everybody's friend and uh, I think if there is new ownership and uh, um, a fresh start um, then we can put behind us what's happened the tragedy of the last uh, uh, three years but um, if we go down with FB then I really do worry um, yeah that's, that's yeah. Uh, my, my thoughts of where we are at the moment bit of a full rebuild for next season then Dave because you would imagine the likes of well Collins is out of contract Kelly's on a two year but is he really going to want to play in in, uh, in non-league when he was probably sold the vision that you know we're pushing for promotion obviously Robbie Weir's out injured same with Matthew. Callum Kennedy is um, only on a contract till the end of the season so he'll leave Gavin Massey's on a three year I think a three-year deal, so he's still got two, but obviously he's not going to want to drop down. Uh, I think it's safe to say Oli Palmer um, isn't going to want to come back because I think his contract ends. McCallum's ends, I think, at the end of this season as well. We're kind of going to be bereft of first-choice pros. And to be honest, none of us know what's written in the contracts. We'd be surprised if it doesn't say that they're released out of the contracts if late night were to be relegated out of the Football League. But uh, I think there's an awful lot to happen between now and the end of this season, and never mind next. My main concern and priority at the moment is about the staff and the creditors and the players who haven't been paid. They're going to their fourth week next week without being paid. I really struggle to imagine how awful uh, that my, uh, must be. And my concern is that at the moment, late Orient are the focus of media attention, but that will go very quickly, I, I, I fear, especially after the Colchester game, because um, when we go up to Blackpool, Jeff Stelling's Hartlepool's plight, I, I'm sure, will take um, centre stage. So the, the, the staff in particular haven't been paid. They've, they've really got to think very carefully about um, what they're going to do in the next seven days ahead of um, Colchester United. And so far, 
Um, but Ketty has been very careful um, to work with inside the league rules. I think that's why we get a team sheet and not a, a programme. He was very careful to ensure that there were um, medical staff on hand to cover the um, Easter Monday game against um, Hartlepool. But um, let's put our focus and the priority at the moment on those poor people and creditors uh, that haven't been paid. And, you know, they need their money. It, yeah. It's not the late Norian way. And it's important that's um, addressed uh, very quickly. Also, I think your guys, you know, at uh, the late Norian podcast. You've done a great job this season. I think it's even more important now that you continue to provide that positive and independent voice, um, particularly when we come to late July and early August. Um, my fear is, and I know I've shared this on Orient Player, um, but my dad was born in um, Forest Gate, uh, you know, in, in um, the 1920s and in the 1930s. He was a Leightonstone supporter. And uh, as a, a young person, he took me to um, um, Grenley Road, you know, by the Leightonstone High Road station. And we were standing on this massive terrace, you know, just uh, uh, backed onto the, um, uh, the station there. And he was telling me about um, how great Leightonstone were, you know, winning the um, uh, Amateur Cup. You know, they were giants in the Ishbian League. But we were standing there with probably not more than uh, 100 people. And as a young man, I, I found it incredibly difficult to imagine, you know, I, I really couldn't. And now that when I drive past there, I think there used to be a football club there. And my fear is, my fear is that, you know, my, my youngest is just five. And my fear is that one day I'll take him down to the West End and, uh, and I'll be telling him that, you know, I can remember Kevin Godfrey scoring two goals when we beat Spurs. I remember coming from behind and watching Nathan grab an equaliser against Arsenal. I can remember standing with my dad in the West End and uh, we were just needed a win, we just needed to beat Aston Villa and go into the top flight. Mm. I remember Mark Cooper scoring the late winner against Wrexham and the crowd flooding onto the pitch after we'd got promotion through the playoffs. And he'll look round this empty stadium and he won't understand what I'm talking about. He won't be able to think that's possible. And then one day he'll go down Oliver Road and think, my dad used to tell me there was a football club there once. And that's the fear. I don't think it will happen. I think the leadership that Loft has provided in particular has been magnificent. And one of the great things that has happened, particularly um, this year in 2017, is you don't sometimes know what you've got till it's gone. And I think uh, we're all beginning to learn and realise just how special and precious Lake Norrient is. It's just a small football club. It's never going to win major um, silverware, but uh, it is close to our hearts. And I think um, whilst there is this momentum, uh, whilst the supporters, you know, come together and um, ensure that um, Lake Norrient progresses, and um, let's hope that this is a new beginning. Uh, no, 100% agree with you. And I think, uh, to pick up on one of your points there, one of the key things about all of this fiasco is that it has <clears throat> excuse me, galvanised and bonded the supporters greater than it ever has done. There was a bit of a rough point where supporters were turning on each other for different yeah. opinions. But I think ultimately now everybody's on side and, and, and on the same side, um, you know, pushing in the right direction. But Dave, what, what happens... With Orient player next season, has conversations happened around that? Are we still going to be no, hearing definitely about not. It's, it's a finer detail again. You know, there, there is so much to happen between now and the end of the campaign. Let's put our priority. Let's focus on those poor men and women that work so hard. It, it, it'd be wrong to start naming them, but we all know the likes of Howard 
called Lindsay and AD and you know Colin and Charlie uh, Steve they all worked so hard uh, and it, it's it's terrible it's absolutely appalling that they're not getting yeah. paid it's uh, appalling that you know I uh, gave Simon a lift on on Saturday it's appalling he hasn't been paid since October you, you know Outrageous. this is the party now you know these, yeah. these, these are the people that we, we've got to worry about we've got to hope that there is somebody out there that's been waiting to see what league late night would be next season before they make a proper bid and um, you know, Francesco Bacchetti at that point surely must um, make the decision because, you know, he's... Uh, in many ways, I pity him, you know. I pity him because um, any, any fool can inherit wealth. It doesn't make you a wise man. And, and he has failed on so many levels. Um, and he's also, he's also really destroyed... Um, the reputation of his family, which I'd imagine is very important to him. But he hasn't destroyed late night. No. Great point to have on there. Superb. Thanks, Dave. Really good to speak to you. Um, we'll be up at, or I'll be up at Blackpool. Um, hope to see you up there with your, um, with your, I don't know, Union Jack hat on and or, or something. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but hope to see you up there. And uh, thanks for your fantastic commentary, which I've followed more this yeah. season than I have done in others because I've not been able to get to as many games so thanks very much indeed for the shout outs as well that you give us and, and for your ongoing support it is genuinely appreciated well that's great thank you for that and uh, you know uh, also thanks for you all you've done with the podcast because that's a positive message, message from the fans is, is so important we've tried our hardest <laughs> it's not been easy but we've tried thanks Dave all Cheers, the best Dave. to you so that was voice of Orient player Dave Victor giving his thoughts and I thought he was superb again. Frank thoughts as well. Superb again. Yeah. Um, So thank you today. So loads of views uh, following yesterday's match. We've got a voice memo from at John Macker 1977 that came into us yesterday. So we're going to start your views off with that. Here's what John had to say about uh, relegation yesterday. Evening boys. Hope you're well. Um, Obviously totally devastated uh, for everyone connected with the club, just want to say a massive thanks to you boys for everything that you've done this season and to the, all the players who have put everything in in such ridiculous circumstances um, and all the staff behind the scenes as well, still unpaid. And I think we need to send a message out to the FA and the EFL. And I've said it before, but there's far too many owners out there playing championship manager with people's livelihoods and it's an absolute disgrace there should be a proper course where the owners will have to go on so that they know the history of the clubs that they're taking over and how how they how a football club is run properly that's my rant over cheers boys <laughs> so that was John Macca 1977 I thought that was fantastic so thank you for that John obviously highly emotional that was sent to us at about 5pm 5.15 after uh, the final whistle had gone at crew so you, if you want to get in contact with us you can on Twitter at Orient Outlook or you can also send us voice memos you know if you can't fit what you want to say into 140 characters or if it won't come out right in an email 
send us a voice memo to at orientoutlook at outlook.com yeah we've had some emails come in uh, one from Glenn Bevan which we'll read very quickly it says it's been coming for a long time but you know how there's always a part of you that never really believes it's going to happen the great irony is in my 33 years on this earth I've never felt prouder to be an Orient fan I couldn't be more proud of Loft the Regeneration Fund the Supporters Club of our 102 podcasts of the youth team, the fans and the incredible staff who continue to commit to the club despite not being paid. The Orient family, we are united. I thank the owner for making our bond stronger. This is not the end, it's just another chapter. See you at Blackpool, up the O's. Fantastic email. Perfectly written email. Fantastic email. So, email from Ben Boatman who says, On the 2nd of December 1995, I attended my first ever game versus Rochdale. We won 2-0, thanks to Colin West. I'd love to get Colin West on the show at some point. Uh, this was my first experience of live football thanks to the excellent Leighton Orient Trust who gave me a ticket as part of their Christmas soccer school. In 96, I bought my first season ticket for just £10. So do we. And since then, yeah. I've witnessed a League 2 promotion against Oxford in 2006, three playoff final defeats, and now two relegations with today's being the most hurtful. It goes on to say, Orient, my club, I could have chosen anyone. I felt at home with Orient and gained an Orient family. Tonight I am hurt and angry at how a selfish and vindictive man could rip out the heart of my club in only three years. But one thing he can never do is take away the passion that I and everyone else has for this club. We were a club for a 5 or a 94, the small club with a big heart in 2014. And going forward, we will unite and get our football club back in the hands of those that care the most. We will be back and the happier times will return. And I hope to catch up with you guys soon. Keep up the great work. Hashtag keep the faith. I mean, just reading that, I mean, two very emotional messages already. And that voice memo from John completes a hat trick. But nice emotional messages, positive yeah. emotional messages, not the negative. Yeah, we also had a DM from uh, Kevin Cowlin who says, I'm heartbroken and devastated at what's happened to my beloved club over the last three years. Relegation out the Football League was inevitable, but it still hurts. I don't care what anyone says, this regime have used LOFC as a vehicle. Football just, ha- just hasn't entered into it. I hope that we can bounce back quickly under new owners and Bichetti and his family end up with exactly what they deserve. The FA and EFL should hang their heads in shame at their failure to step in to protect the member club. They are clearly not fit for purpose and the whole area of the regulation of football clubs needs to be totally reviewed. Yep, so thanks for your message there, Kev. So moving on to the tweets that we had. So lots of tweets, um, and we've taken out lots of swear words and replacing them <laughs> with nicer, nice words. So firstly, from at Matty LOFC Evans, who says, We all knew it was coming. Get FB out of the club and use the summer to rebuild. We as fans must unite and stick together. And I, I think that's the key point, sticking yeah. together and uniting as yeah. a fan base. At Len M4, shed a tear today after the reality check of non-league. How has it come to this? Yeah, Richie J. Bourne says, I'm gutted. Bichetti has got what he wanted. What a cruel, vindictive man. Why has he done this? Oh, why? At Oh Dear Walsh, he said, For the first time since 2003, I won't be able to play as LOFC in the next FIFA. In all seriousness, all you can say is it's a very sad day. In all seriousness, as a 37-year-old man, I play far too much FIFA than what I'm supposed to. And I am gutted like you, Mike, that we cannot play as Leighton Orient. In the next FIFA, gutted. At Leighton's Orient says there have been many disappointments watching like the O's for nearly 50 years, but this is the saddest of days. 
at Vince Howard 73 a sad day but hoping we have something to smile about very shortly at Jaffa Shamuz he says conference league 2 league 1 all just words we are Orient we play at Brisbane Road we are family that's all that counts and so far you know we, we are bringing these tweets out as a positive so hopefully you are all feeling energised going into the 55th minute of this podcast at Lee Gibbs 1 absolutely gutted but knew it was coming my only hope is that idiot now walks and we can rebuild <laughs> bloody love this club great fans good replacement of a word there Mr Lee thank you at David underscore Matic says this is a very sad day for Orient fans everywhere just be assured this feeling won't last and we'll be back even stronger. At Magnus Pugna, pray Italians leave before cashing in on the youth. We need to rebuild and regroup ASAP. Stability needed to rise again. Yeah, at Orient Fan TV says, I write this with tears in my eyes and a lump in my throat. No longer a football league club. Relegated by Bichetti. At the Leachy, with 36 scouts at crew, will FB cash, cash in next on the kids before dumping the club? How can he not make any comment? I think, interestingly, Matt Porter tweeted that it's not uncommon for crew to have a lot of scouts at their games. Probably, I wouldn't have thought 36 in one game. That seems a bit a lot, but they get more than your average because I think they just have a genuinely good conveyor belt of of talent. I would agree there, but a good point about the comment from FB. Absolute zilch in terms of communication and probably will be silch going forward. Hopefully, we'll get through to him when he turns his voicemail. Um, off. I'm gonna um, try it in a minute. Yeah. All right. We'll try it. We'll try it again at the end of your yeah. views. We'll try it again. Yeah. So at LOFC 1978 says heartbreaking. Does the fact this has been coming make it any easier to take? No. Still hurts like hell. I will say that Kelly Collins and the youngsters deserve huge credit for putting up a fight for what was as near as you can get to a lost cause. This is the worst day being an O's fan, but I'm proud at the same time. Won't waste any time now on FB, the FA, and the EFL. At PDR, triple one two. So we're relegated out the football league, but I'm so proud of all the players and management who have given 100% lately. At Dunmark says, we knew we were going down, but really sad when it happens. Hopefully new season, new owner, hashtag come back stronger. That for me sums up where I'm at. I knew we've been going down since January, yeah. but it does hit you when it actually confirmed that you've got the R next to you. Do you know what, it's hit me league. when I've been... Reading this, reading this, and John Mac- John Macker's voice memo, and the and Joe and yeah, it's kind of hit me as I'm doing this. And, yeah, yeah, it's like therapy, isn't it? Really, it's a bit like um, therapy. <laughs> at Digger H double seven three zero four six tweeted us, and he says, or they said, three years ago, leaving Wembley, never would have believed relegation to the National League was remotely possible. Go now, Bacchetti. Yeah, good point. Three years ago, Barry Hearns, our West Ham fans, to be very afraid. Should have been later yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. At Robert Locke, 14, says, I just feel devastated, lost and choked up at the moment. But one thing's for sure, FB will never break this O's family apart. Yeah, Steve Diath, 1. Bacchetti stands alone as the worst ever owner in the league, willfully destroying our club in less than three years. Yeah, at W. John's 98, says, I believe Bacchetti came to the O's with the right intentions, but his bitter and twisted spitefulness has broken a great club that yeah, is a fantastic true. tweet you know, when he came initially and was signing the Hendersons the McEnuffs the Lowrys Legends Woods Simpsons we're all going bloody hell this is going to be fantastic and turns out though that they weren't Russell Slade's recruitment well it's it, was, that, it was Rob Gagliardi just getting in a bunch of people that he thought could do a job well it turns out you know, Milanese or Mauro whoever badly advised and they yeah. all, most of them pretty much didn't work out but Chelsea Fish tweeted us saying, we'll renew season ticket 
supporter since will renew my season tickets. Been a supporter since 1984. Very sad day. We choose our team. We stick with our choice. Hashtag Love Orient. At Wings Mad says I really hope we have 90 minutes of loud protest at next week's match. The result no longer matters while applauding players. At Baggy's House 42, you may send us down, but you can't destroy the fans. It's a family, Bichetti, you idiot. O's forever. <laughs> Change the word there, obviously. It's a family show. At D. David U says, this shouldn't have happened, but what's even worse is that it's not over yet. Conference football has been expected, but even that isn't guaranteed. Can't look forward till everything is settled. Very worried as to where we will end up. So that's a very good point there from uh, D. David U, is that the conference could reject Leighton Orient based on their financial uh, predicament so they do not have to accept um, Leighton Orient as a football club I think they've got a rule if you're an admin they can turn you down and if that was to happen then I think we'd find ourselves in the Ryman League so that's a very good point that we haven't really discussed yet that the conference could reject Leighton Orient from the conference if they don't think financially we are a stable club I'm sure there's more rules and regulations than that and we can find those out but that is a fantastic point I'm sure Loft have done the research on the various yeah. permeations as to what would happen. Yeah. At Bazal73, angry, sad, gutted, confused, worried, such a mix of emotions, so worried about what will happen next. Yeah, Jim586 says, this has been coming, new league, a new hope. Please, let's just get rid of Bichetti and get the good times rolling. At El Coado, as gutted and devastated I am today, I can't help but feel that there is worse to come. I can't see that one mil appearing at all. Yeah, I mean, and if, but if it doesn't, then he cannot take be in control of the football club following June the 12th. He no. can't be. Only one team says this burns, doesn't it? We knew it was coming, but when the reality hits and Bravo's faded away, we're left with that empty feeling inside. Yeah, at MP Allen, triple two. So many emotions now, I can't describe how I feel. The one thing I do know is the sooner FB buggers off, the sooner we'll be back. Yeah, Shelley, 64, LOFC, says the most worrying thing is that the club needs to plan for the future, but due to one man, we can't even plan tomorrow. Yep, Oli underscore Dons tweeted us and said, in January 2009, I watched Late Norrent beat MK Dons 2-1, and until this season, I never thought you'd be out the Football League. Fight on. Cheers, Ollie. And that's from an MK Don's, Don's fan. Don's fan, yeah. So, yeah, Fleety LOFC says the fact that relegation is the least of our worries is incredibly frightening. This club needs saving. At Dennis Orient, heartbroken. I pray this relegation is the final act under Bacchetti's reign and he and his cronies do the honourable thing and sell up ASAP. At LOFC Chaz says this is our club, but we will not let it die. Support even when we know our fate is why we are so special. Hashtag you are my Orient. At I am Mo said, been relegated since January. Really, to think they were a penalty kick away from championship from the championship two years ago is as sad as it's staggering. Sad day. Yeah, and the final word from at Dubbins ten says, I accept that we are down and out, and that mistakes are made. But what we have seen over the last few months is the deliberate deconstruction of a team and a club. People have been used as pawns. Good people held back and weighed down. This will end, and that is all tweets to at Orient Outlook uh, following yesterday's match so thank you for all your tweets and we have just tried Bichetti again straight to voicemail again so we will keep trying to get hold of him that is see if we can get something sorted out okay (laughs) prediction league update only one person predicted correctly uh, the result against crew and that was at Alex Rose so congratulations to you with three points there so an update O's fan basing leads uh, the Prediction League on 24 points. At Tommy Tealeaf is second on 18. At Joe Pavitt 
uh, sorry, Joe underscore Pavitt, at Lee Gibbs 1, at LOFC 1970, sorry, 1978. You're all in third place on 16 points. A full prediction league table is on our Facebook page. So yep. if you've ever bothered to enter and you've ever been lucky enough to win, you will be on there somewhere. Yeah, there's lots of people on there. So yeah. two games left. So it looks like O's fan base. It looks like Mark is going to take the title from what we'll get a little shield. We'll try and get a little shield and do a little presentation. Eight pound Amazon jobby. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so fantasy football update. Very tight at the top. The league table hasn't been updated uh, with today's results yet. As it stands, Barry Underwood has regained the league and is five points ahead of Tolo Sangawawa. I am in 25th, but I will definitely be moving up because my captain, Benteke, scored two goals today, 25 points. So we'll have a more accurate update in the next podcast. Top 20 is my aim and I'll be happy. Okay, I'll help you out the last couple of games, see what we can do. I'm alright I'm alright don't worry about it next season we'll get you back in that get get you back in that league so (laughs) today is Sunday the 23rd of April as we record this just want to wish young O's goalkeeper Arthur Janata a very happy birthday was he 17? 17 yeah Yeah. and also to finish on the week fantastic way to finish well done to the Leighton Orient ladies team who beat Hearn Bay 1-0 to win their league today another fantastic season uh, for the ladies, I guess we'll, we should be Chris we should speak to Chris soon and a few of the ladies like we did yeah. last time. So well done to Chris and the ladies. Well done to everyone. Another superb season for you. You get promoted uh, into the league above with some bigger clubs. So mm. bigger attendances next season and you know more exposure for the ladies team. So fantastic job following last year's fantastic uh, season as well. So well done to everyone involved of the ladies. Well done. So let's round this week's episode up then with the positives and negatives this week. Slightly different view this week. We're going to leave with the negatives into the positives. Go for it. So I'll do the negatives in. So negatives, obviously, firstly, relegation officially confirmed. We are leaving the EFL to pastures new into the National League. Is it? It's not the conference anymore, is it? It's the Panorama. National League. Panorama National League. Yeah. Right, the VNL. Okay. Also, negative formation yesterday. Following uh, the Kelly injury, potentially not good, like you said in the match report. Yeah. You think it should have gone 3 4 3. Also, you know, the Bichetti situation as a whole, you know, still owning the, the club, still owns not it, paying so. staff. It all comes down to that one man. You get that one man out of the club, takes his, takes the way forward, takes his lemmings with him, and we'll be all right. Positives then to this week. We've got quite, you know, some real staggering ones actually. The loft regeneration fund, as we said earlier, is at one hundred and forty thousand pounds and counting. Yeah, well done. Loft. Um, the staff GoFundMe page, as we said earlier, I think it's about four point six k, but it's yeah. over four and a half k. So well done. And really, the support for the club has been amazing from from fans as well. Yeah, so everyone, yeah. it's really galvanised us. And as we said, as I said to Dave Victor earlier, you know, if the one thing that comes out of this is that more fans are on the same page than ever before, and we're more bonded, we're more together, and we see things more equally now. So uh, you know, yeah, that's that's really uh, a good positive to end on. So hero of the week this yeah, week, hero of the week, or heroes, heroes of the week again this week. We're going to give it to. The unpaid staff at the club who still come to work and go about their business in the most professional and dignified manner. So well done yeah. to each and every one of you because I don't know how you're doing it and fair play, you are keeping this football club alive and kicking. Yes, next week's fixtures, we've just got the one next week which is our last home game of the season against Colchester United. Colchester drew 0-0 with Plymouth yesterday and they are currently 11th in the league and mathematically 
they are still able wow. to make the playoffs as are well Blackpool are our last game of the season and they are in the playoffs yes, so we've got we, we can help define certain clubs seasons yeah, really you're so right yep. still, also, still big games yep this week also it's April payday so obviously the staff haven't been paid yet for March so come on FB pull your finger out mate two big pay packets you need to release at the end of the week and we'll keep you posted just one thing that's just occurred to me is from a tax year perspective if they get two payments in now let's say you're trying to get a mortgage you've got to present your last P60 for instance that's going to have a month's less on it which on the income multiples is going to cause problems so it's not just that but also if someone was going to get a a mortgage so it's got much wider implications anyway um, two reminders don't forget about the loft rally uh, for the Orient, uh, which we mentioned earlier in the show, and also what we forgot to mention at the top of the show is that the quiz that is happening right now, me, that's happening right now as we're recording, um, they've taken just shy of 900 quid just on entry receipts. Yeah, so well done, Salih. So, well, well done, Salih, for sorting that out as well. Yep. And the second reminder um, to really just keep a check on our social media accounts for pictures and details of all the auction items that we have available. If you're not on social media but have an email address or if you know someone who does have an email address, then please get in touch with us. We are Orient Outlook at outlook.com and we will happily advise you what we have available even if you're abroad we can post globally uh, we have no problem doing that um, so yeah just just there's so much going on at the moment we mentioned it at the top of the show we're not going to keep repeating ourselves but keep in touch we've got yeah. loads more stuff to come there will be stuff um, at the loft football charity fundraising match in may so you know, there'll be stuff all the time. So it's a great time to get your hands on some real treasure, yeah. orient treasure. Absolutely. So that's it for this week. So thanks for joining us for episode 103. It looks like it's going to come in at 110 minutes. No, at one hour 10, which isn't too bad considering lots to talk about, lots of views, two phone calls as well. Um, off the pitch, things have not improved as the hardworking staff are still yet to be paid and amazingly still working themselves to the bone for our football club and on the pitch. What we have long believed and are officially confirmed is that Leighton Orient Football Club have been relegated from the Football League with two games left to play against teams who still have something to play for. It has been a tough week and we are the mighty Leighton Orient. We will get through this. We've been here since 1881 and we aren't going anywhere. The messages of support from the whole football community following yesterday's relegation have been immense and as a fan base, we have never been tighter. So we will get through this and we will come back all the better for it. Yeah, we'll be back next week with episode 104, the most comprehensive Orient Roundup that you will find anywhere in the world. This week, we've decided to play out with status quo. I'm just going to say, I don't think this has been as a depressing podcast as what I think... I think I'm more depressed than what I'm letting on. Fine. I hope this hasn't been too depressing for everyone. We try and keep a positive outlook on it. Hey, like what positive done outlook podcast yeah, yeah. Fine. the pop pop. we try to pop it um, but I think it's been alright I okay. think it's been alright but obviously your feedback is always appreciated through our Twitter Facebook Instagram blah blah blah, blah. yeah <laughs> so yeah as I say we're going to play out with status quo this week but it, unfortunately it's not going to be rocking all yeah. over the world <laughs> um, so until next week we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm listen to the Orient Outlook podcast and thanks for everything yeah up the O's